Good morning, everybody. It's What's Up with Coco Mulder, and it is three till the hour. And of course, it is <clears throat> only 45 degrees here in Michigan, which is great for us. That's like um, really <laughs> springtime weather, but that uh, is neither here nor there. So, What's Up with Miss Mulder today is um, last week I had an opportunity to conduct a symposium at the School of Medicine here at Oakland University, which is um, run by uh, William Beaumont Hospital. And the interesting thing about the symposium is that it was on health equity. Now, the individuals who attended this symposium are medical students. They are um, nurses in nursing school. They are professors, they are doctors, they are nurses in their field. And so <clears throat> it was an eclectic group of individuals. And I believe that the purpose of doing this symposium was really to interest those who have not yet walked into their profession um, to really be, you know, focused on health equity, what that looks like, um, introduced to what implicit bias is, um, or explicit bias and so on this panel was um, three beautiful individuals and then there was another individual who joined us late um, who was a doctor for the system I won't say their names because you know they're not doing this blog with me they're not you know doing this podcast with me and so I'll leave them anonymous but it was three african-american women and then it was um, um, uh, an Indian woman an American Indian woman um, whose family transplanted here in the United States from India. Now, they gave us predetermined questions to look at prior to coming to the symposium. Many of the questions were very, very, um, the efficacy for those questions were great. Uh, so, you know, of course I had to do, you know, a little sit down and, and make sure that as I answer questions, I am authentic in giving, you know, these individuals a true presentation of what's actually out there because a lot of times when you're in these programs, you know, the, the school determines where you work, how you work, you know, who you're exposed to, um, those kinds of things. So let me get to the gist of it. So one of the questions was re related to implicit bias. And for those people who are out there that don't know what uh, implicit bias is, it's unconscious biases that we have that we are aware of that we exhibit towards other people or other groups. Explicit bias are biases we know we have and we exhibit them to people. So if you're a racist, you know you're a racist, you are explicitly um, exhibiting behaviors towards people based on their race. When it's implicit, it might be something that you culturally learn, um, you are aware that you do it like you you know um the elitist mentality is an implicit bias you may come from a, a upbringing where you had everything you know you didn't have to work for anything and so when you are you know when you're involved with people who have never had anything or who don't have as much as you've had you kind of push your belief system on somebody unconsciously so we have those two types of individuals and in healthcare, if you've ever experienced it it's very blatant when you experience explicit bias you know that it's happening and you have to say did that just happen or if it's implicit bias 
you you know you have to think about it like you get in your car and you drive away and you're like damn did that just happen so anywho I had the um, opportunity to have a conversation with some of these you know individuals who are going to be um, doctors or nurses or professors or whatever the case wherever their futures lead them and my point and purpose is that I do work for a community health center um, and I am the person that goes out in the community and I'm educating and I'm trying to, you know, you know, unconsciously recruit, you know, people to come and work in community health. And it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It is not an easy um, field to work in because you do get a, a cross-cultural experience of individuals, whether they're poor, rich, you know, extremely poor, um, uneducated, educated insurance, no insurance, uh, underinsured, we get it all. Sober, unsober, substance users, non-substance users. So we see it all. So one of the questions that was asked was what in our area, and we are in Southeast Michigan, because this is um, National Minority Health Month. I don't know if people know that, but this, this is National uh, Minority Health Month. And it's been this month for a long time. And, um, the question essentially was, what in our area are we doing to increase physical activity and awareness of social determinants of health? And if you don't know what social determinants of health are, I would ask you to Google it because it would be a whole nother podcast to go over all the things that prevent people from being healthy where they live. Okay? So that school systems, that's, you know, you know, whether they have jobs, whether they have, you know, access to health care. You know, all of those transportation, all of those things, you know, determine how healthy a person will be wherever they live. So this question was a very specific question. And I happened to answer the question second, y'all. I, I did. I, I was not, you know, she, the, the young lady who worked for the health system, um, she answered the question first. Now, when we talk about implicit biases, we had had that conversation prior to this question being asked. And this young lady, as I mentioned, is an American Indian. And she did not really realize that the way she was answering the question was what we see on a daily basis. And so she began to answer the question to the, you know, the question was, what is happening for minorities and how do we get them, you know, uh, healthier? And how do we, you know, what programs are available? And when we talk about health equity, I want you to be aware that health equity is always proximate. It is proximate. So if you don't have a proximity to where you can actually have access to what these people are talking about or what anybody talks about, it's a null conversation. So if you tell me that I can go to, you know, big boys and I can get a, a, a meal for $5.99, but there is no big boy within 20 miles of me, why are you telling me this? Because I don't have a car to get to big boys 25 miles away. So thanks for sharing, but keep it to yourself. So when we're talking about access to care, that's what I'm talking about. You can't tell me that I can go to this health system and they have this Indian dance class or they have, you know, uh, this uh, diabetes management program or they have this heart health program and it's not proximate to where I live. The health system's she talked about there were eight of them in the area and they have programs, you know, suited for those people who, you know, come into the hospital and all this kind of great stuff. Now, 
I'm glad that the hospital was doing those things. However, is it proximate to the people who actually need it? Can people access these programs? And I'm going to tell you, no, they cannot. Because I live and work in an area that is not near where your program is being offered. And she gave the example that she herself, as a doctor, teaches an Indian dance class at one of these health systems. And I asked her, and who attends those dance classes? And she was pissed. <laughs> she was pissed. She was quietly, professionally pissed, but her energy was definitely transferring over because we are talking to people who have to make a decision and a choice on whether or not they are going to invest in maybe working in community health or understand what happens with people who, who access community health. And so when I'm telling you that there's a program, I'm hoping that if anything, it's within walking distance. And if not, is it on the bus route? Or can I get an Uber or, or whatever to that program that should be free and available to me? In this particular situation, y'all, health equity we're talking about in this symposium, there's none if all of your systems are 45 minutes away from the area that has the greatest need for the services. I mean, what the hell? And I wasn't upset. I just thought it was hilarious that she had brought up the conversation of implicit biases and all this kind of stuff. And then she had this whole conversation about what the health systems were doing in this region. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but who can access them? Only the people who are members of the hospital, only the people who probably have third-party insurances, usually which is private insurance, can access those programs and if they if they happen to have a, um, a state uh, insurance plan they might be introduced to it from a uh, you know from the ER or somewhere but they are seeing these individuals as their doctors come on so Google health equity there's so much research on it the world knows that there is an inadvertent disproportionate, Availability to people who are poor to high quality health care. Even hospital systems are trying to figure out, like, how do we do better? How do we capture, um, how, how do we get people from misusing the emergency room, for example? I know so many people that misuse and abuse the emergency room because they don't have a primary care physician. They don't, know, they don't have a doctor to take care of them because, as I said in this symposium, it's very, very hard to go to a doctor who doesn't look like you, who doesn't understand your culture. And that's not just the only reason that you choose a doctor because that sometimes doesn't matter at the end of the day because if you treat me appropriately and you treat me with kind and consent, you treat me like a human being, I'm, I'm essentially going to come back. But when you have implicit biases, these unconscious biases, and you, you know, come into a clinic situation, and that's what a lot of these doctors do. They put them, they put them while they're in school in these clinical situations, and there's nobody checking them on their implicit biases. There's nobody saying, hey, you know, you need to be mindful that that's a cultural thing. You know, for example, BMIs. I am not a stick figure. So the BMI chart, unfortunately doesn't match a healthy size for me 
I don't think that I would look very healthy at 5'7 and 110 pounds, honestly. I'd look emaciated. But the BMI says that I should be 125 pounds at 5'7 after two kids, and I beg to differ. So all of those things we have to begin to take a look at because at the end of the day, cultural issues come into effect, um, societal issues come into effect. We have all these social determinants of, of care that impact someone's health. And all of that has to, has to be discussed some way, somehow, as human beings are being treated in these facilities. And most of these people don't have someone that they trust or that they think cares about them. And so they are abusing the emergency room. And then you got these health systems that don't have anybody to refer out. So you have these community health clinics who are open to anyone, but the health system is not sending those bodies there to be taken care of. So I could go on. So that would be a whole nother podcast. But anywho, today, what I'd like for you to do, if you've never heard of implicit bias, if you've never heard of explicit bias, if you've never heard of health equity, if you've never had a conversation with your doctor personally about their belief systems, which you can, in fact, have, um, it would be very interesting for you to do that. Because I had a conversation with my children's doctor, their pediatrician, uh, when they had their last visit with him, and I asked him how it, how he was doing. Why? Because he is um, he is uh, from the Middle East, and he you know he he goes to mosque and all of these things. And I, I was asking him, you know, how is your family? How you know how are things since you know you know the president of the United States made these you know bald statements. And, you know, he essentially said, Ms. Motor, you're, you know, like, you're one of the first people who've asked, you know, me about that. And he was like, you know, we have police, you know, at our mosque. And, you know, I have to be very conscious of, you know, coming and going when I leave the hospital. All of those things play into someone's care. And he's a man who's taking care of the health of my children. I don't care what his religion is. I really don't. As long as he treats my children with decency and order and with respect and appropriate to his field of medicine, I'm good. However, he's my he's a part of my children's life and I want to check on him and make sure that he's okay. So if you have someone in your life or you have a provider or you have a doctor or, you know, uh, someone who you know uh, may be, you know, in a stressful situation given that, you know, the nature of the world is so... Ah, it's so ugly right now. Just check on them. Just ask them a simple question. How's everything going? How are you doing? Because I'm telling you, people aren't aware of their biases and the way that they treat people because they have them running unconsciously. So you Sometimes you got to check those people, even if they're your friends, even if they're your coworkers. If you have to take a pause and say, what the heck? What did you mean by that? They aren't even conscious that they're doing it. It's okay to do a friend check, y'all. Check them. Check your co-workers. Can I touch your hair? No, you can't touch my hair. Are you kidding me? Oh, that, it's so neat. No. What's wrong with you? Check them. Because they're not aware of their BS. They're not aware that they are doing it. And it's okay. You don't have to do it rudely. 
You have to be abrasive about it, but you can say, you know what, that's not cool. <laughs> Let me tell you why. So that they're aware that the next time that they do it, you're checking them the next time it's not going to be so nice. How about that? Give them a, you know, a one, two, three, maybe, you know, I give them, th I got a three strike rule and I'm okay with that. After three strikes, I'm good on you. I don't even have to have another conversation with you because that means you're not going to change. You don't care that you are being that way. So I'm good on you. So throughout your day, if you happen to have an appointment with a doctor, you have a dentist appointment, doctor's appointment, specialty appointment, whatever the case may be, just check on your provider. Just ask them, have they ever experienced implicit or explicit bias? Are they aware of health equity? Do they know what that means? Look around your doctor's office and see the kind of people, you know, superficially that are in the doctor's office. See if there is, a, you know, a diverse option. Or does your doctor holistically choose to treat, you know, specific types of people? It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. We just aren't aware of it. That's all I'm saying. So, that's what's so with Coco Motor. It is 9.14 and it's now 43 degrees where I am. Two degrees lower. Um, but that's cool because we're here in Michigan. And so, as I tell you every single time, have a great day. Do a random act of kindness. Be well.